0: welcome to the a better way to a podcast with Andrew and Jordan we are here this week with queer armor yo of Twitter and Instagram fame and, other and YouTube and YouTube and YouTube and YouTube YouTube's yes like of course he's thing. on YouTube very very cool videos of running around with guns and talking about guns
1: thank you so much for coming on my friend it feels weird starting the episode now we've been talking for the last hour but this is the official, let's go, start rolling, talk about all the juice and business and, and things
2: like that. Well, clearly people should support you on Patreon and go listen to The Last Hour. Clearly, yeah,
0: obviously. I, mean, I mean, Well, that's the idea is we lock the juicy stuff behind the paywall <laughs> so that that's really just the teaser, the Patreon stuff. That's the real meat of it.
1: Yeah, this we just talk about nothing for an hour and a half. And-
0: <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't matter. Listen to it <laughs> or so I found you on Twitter back when it was Twitter. You remember that? You remember Back the bird out? Back of in the days.
1: day,
2: before it was edgy, so, before it was X, <laughs> Unicode X. Before the videos on Twitter were technically X videos. X-
1: <laughs> oh my God! I mean, I don't understand that reference.
0: Really? You're not a means. recovering point addict like me. The X videos is a very popular. I know what X videos is. Thank you. Oh. Oh, you were joking. You were pretending like you don't go there every day. I don't
1: go there every day, Andrew. It's a spectrum, okay? Anyway. You're,
0: uh, you're what John Chinaman would call a coomer.
1: <laughs> my ringtone used to be the Pornhub intro. Oh. My text tone. My text tone.
0: Yeah, and so he'd get it and people would look around like...
1: It'd be hilarious because I'd get a text and it would be like... You know? And I'd have a bunch of people just look up and I'd be like, "Got him!
2: you fucking... Still sad. Did you hear about the kid who did that at an assembly and got suspended? Yeah, well...
1: No, but that's...
2: Like, they're just waiting for the assembly to start, and he just does the, rolls the intro on his drums. Like, he's playing it live. Oh. But everybody in the audience gets it, and he gets in trouble for, for adult music, which, like, that's a five-second clip on drums. Do you, like...
1: <clears throat> yeah, that's a little... Sketchy. That's a little area.
2: He ended up getting suspended
0: for it, which like, that sucks. I thought he like played the intro on his like phone or something. Yeah, that would be an
2: instant suspension. No, he played it on the drums.
0: You know, that's not that kid's problem. That's an indictment of our society. Suspended society. Yeah. (laughs) I made a real fool of myself when he pulled it up on his phone and played the sound and everybody else in the chat understood it. I've been off the stuff since before that, since before Pornhub was like super popular. So I was like, what, what? is that, guys? What's that sound? <laughs> God, what were we talking about?
1: Just I don't ago? know. <laughs> how did we, how did we, did we start- like, fall into this nonsense? She said, oh, whoa, about, oh,
0: I found you on, on Twitter before it, right. right. oh, before it was X. Right, before it was X.
1: videos, Pornhub, yes. text yes. message. I was
0: not even at first aware of your, like, YouTube presence, but I guess that's where you you actually do most of your content.
2: How long have you been doing that? Like, what made you be like, I want to be a gun influencer? So like a couple of years ago, I started getting myself back into guns after like kind of a complicated history with like them and life and just finally getting to the point of like, no, I'm moving to a place where I can just defend myself. And I'm saying, fuck it. And I'm trying to get myself up to speed as fast as I can again, because I've been a massive firearms nerd. But I've been focusing on like weird World War One artillery shit rather than like, no, that's cool. That's not weird. Or, like, German guns that, like, during World War II, they experimented with, like, shooting over and around a trench. So That like, is weird. Stuff where it's literally, like, <laughs> Looney Tunes style, bend the barrel, <laughs> and, like, looking into it as a, okay, I find the physics of this stuff fascinating. I'm um, Going back from that into a, okay, no, you need to get ready, back into, like, getting into defensive techniques and knowing how to fight again. You're going to be carrying regularly. Started seeing a lot of threats against my community, specifically, a lot of, like... Not just stuff that was, like, I had been doxxed by neo-Nazi groups a couple times, so it was, okay, let's get a fucking gun kind of thing. And then I started noticing that, especially in a lot of, like, queer groups, you have this contradiction of people who are hyper-capable, who are absolutely focused on building communities, building networks, building teams, on filling community needs. Except in a lot of places, guns have been taboo for a long time. And now that they're facing violent threats, it's becoming a really complicated, like, well, we can't do nothing and we don't trust the cops, but also we've been saying you don't need guns for a while, what do? And a lot of it started from like, I wanted to get myself dangerous and I'd have people who knew I was more educated than them and we were both like getting ourselves up to speed. So there was a lot of comfort asking me like, hey, how do you do this? why do you handle this gun this way? Why do you avoid these guns? Why do you do certain things? And a lot of the times I would want to talk about concepts or talk about companies or talk about things that people have real experience with. And a lot of the stuff I could show as an example, like Grand Thumb, for example, is a perfect kind of reference here. Cause I have a high point that was donated to the channel partially because I have to keep sharing or I keep sharing a piece of video of his where he manages to get a high point to shatter on camera while he's shooting it. I think it's really, it's both a great shot and it really emphasizes all of the problems with both using pop metal and a really thin connector piece in the same gun. Like that that is designed to shatter. But the problem was, Lots of people who, especially in my space, it's queer folk who are new to guns, who are coming and asking me for like stuff like High Point. Hey, I'm coming into guns brand new. I don't know anything. Can I just get a High Point because I see it's pretty cheap? And like, it's all is it good enough for right now? And wanting to explain, it's cheap because they're going to fail on you and you don't want to put your life in the, like, your life's worth more than that. I'd want to share that clip. Problem is, Grand Thumb starts every video with queer bashing. He starts every video (laughs) with a bit of... The uh, attack helicopter meme. Right, exactly. He starts with the the fucking shitting on non-binary and trans people as his channel identity. So I would have to send people the clip where it explodes in his hands and be like, watch this and nothing else. And <laughs> yeah. it got to the point where like if I didn't do that, I would get a message back like, hey, I watched that and then I watched the next one and I'm kind of like, un- you watch him regularly? Like you're just comfortable with that kind of hate? And it's like, no, no, I'm not. It's just unfortunately in this space, you frequently have to just accept He's a resource. That. Yeah. Frankly, a lot of the people that you're going to be learning from that I have interacted with in one way or another or that I have like frankly, watched a lot of content in order to try and, like, learn as much as I can from, a lot of them hate us. A lot of them openly hate our existences and they're not quiet about it. And it's something that, like, it seeps into every piece of content. Even when they try to be kind of low pro
0: about it for like deniability, just go to the comments and you'll see they pick up on all the jokes. They pick up on all the dog whistles. It's all there. You know, the audience is there and they don't make any effort to correct that. So especially when you see the
2: stuff that gets hearted and pinned that they're like, oh yeah, they're fine with like people continuing to shit on me and mine, especially if it's like, yeah, no, you're 100% right. And seeing that like in this space, there was... There were people who were making different types of content. I think there wasn't like a lot of other people making this stuff. When I was looking, the only person I could point to who was like, oh yeah, you're making stuff that's kind of similar to what I'm thinking about was Tactical Girlfriend. She's fucking awesome. If you're not following her on YouTube, you're wrong, go do that. But she does a lot of like more heavy gear focused stuff. I love watching her content. I I absorb all of her content. She is absolutely somebody that most people should be following. I wanted to make something as a beginner-focused as possible. That was, like, more fun. That focused on, like, engagement-type stuff. On, like, how, when you are doing, going out into the woods, like, medical supplies. How do you make your own food? Also, a lot of my gun-focused stuff is on, like, getting beginners up to speed quickly, very specifically in the community defense space in like a very limited series of roles, whereas her content is far more broad and more like, hey, emergencies in the future in a wide variety of cases. If you're trying to get yourself up to like a rifleman capability in terms of how to shoot an AR, how to rebuild your gun, a lot of her stuff's amazing. I'm trying to focus on the 101 areas. I'm trying to focus on helping people who are coming from... I like my community, I am willing to fight for my community, I'm willing to change things, but also I don't have any experience with firearms, and we're suddenly facing Nazis calling for our genocide. What do? So a lot of, like, here's the basic safety measures, a lot of here's the basic theory that you should be, like, getting yourself thinking about before making even, like, the first gear choices.
1: Like mindset.
2: Exactly. Like the very beginning of what I refer to as getting dangerous quickly is the idea that you have been hesitant towards the most violent of capabilities but are now realizing it doesn't matter what your opinion is. They're coming and you need to get yourself up to speed, but you still want to do that safely. You still want to do that as comfortably as possible. You still want to be doing that in keeping your community in mind, keeping your family and friends in mind. It's also a thing that like our, frankly queer folk have very complicated mental health interactions. So making sure that people, I always phrase it online as getting yourself dangerous to keep your community safe, because for some people, guns might not be your option. For still more, guns might be a thing that you can use in certain community defense roles, but you give them to your friend when you're done with them because you don't want to have that at your home. Yeah. I think that's true for mental health things. That's true for some people who just have kids and don't want to have a rifle in the house. I think our community has some very unique and specific and weird needs. And, and wouldn't you believe it? Grand Thumb is just not catering to those. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And on the one hand, don't get me wrong. I think like a lot of the broad content creators, like Paul Harrell, for example, fantastic content. I've reached out to him. He was super supportive. Turns out he has a trans editor.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't yeah, know
2: that. Paul Harrell is based little bit long-winded in content, definitely like his videos are two and a half hours long. If you want to know all of the details of a subject, absolutely worth a watch very much, I would refer to him as like the 201, 202, like, though know, that's some advanced learning kind of You stuff. go to him for the meat target. <laughs> that's still debated, but I honestly <laughs> I feel know. like, I will stand up for the meat target. It's, a, I honestly it's such think a meme. It's, a it's such a meme.
0: People are like, this is not a good representation of the bullet's performance in the human body. And ballistic uh, gel unlike is my so my calibrated good, right? ballistic gel.
2: Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Like, oh, that's so unrealistic. Whereas my blood of jello, right here is a perfect <laughs> yeah. analog. It's like, look, if what you're looking
0: for is repeatable data, you just want to be setting it up the same each time, right. so when, you,
2: yeah. You know, it's like, I, I'm not here knocking ballistics gelatin, I will absolutely acknowledge no, it has sure. a place,
1: especially those ones with the skeletons in them, yeah. The honestly, some of the more the complicated
2: skeletons. ones that have like simulated organs in place that is a legitimately useful information, yeah. Still not a perfect
0: analog, right? Nothing is, but you know, you still might want to know. He puts like the ribs in front of the like simulated lung tissue. It's like, that's not a perfect representation of the human Brother, body, but, but it still
1: gives you... Remember, like even if we could like harvest human clones to test ballistics <laughs> on, they wouldn't be perfect either because they'd Probably, all be like, different. The body
2: temperature Honestly, adjust- that's a fucking it changes fantastic the muscle point. tension. Yeah. It doesn't matter how close you get it because every situation is going to be fucking weird.
1: Absolutely. I always loved the ammo debate because to me, it just showed, it was like... Some topic that somebody could hyper-fixate on to seem super knowledgeable about something that they knew little about. Right. And like, well, these are the ballistics of a 9 mil versus a 40, and this is why I choose 9 mil like, 10 times out of 10.
2: Do you guys ever
0: get the feeling that all of us are just, like, a little bit autistic?
2: <laughs> like, that,
0: well, all it's of a us spectrum. that are, like,
1: vocal
2: in the gun, in the gun space, like... <laughs> there is something mystical, though, where people, like treat their weapon like it is a magic thing, like it is the answer. It is the thing that will get me home. Because in a fight, you can't think. You kind of just default to whatever your training is. And if your training is weapon good, weapon fine, weapon what I need. If that is what you can distill your monkey brain down to, challenging whether or not their weapon is the most capable or the most fine Results in a monkey brain challenge. Yeah, cognitive dissonance. Right, you're not <laughs> talking to somebody logically at that point. You're talking to somebody who is like, "No, my stick big."
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just invested three thousand dollars in this. Now I have to do it again. Some
2: cost definitely
0: has a bit of it too. But then, how freeing would it be to just realize like it doesn't really matter what caliber, barrel length, or whatever you choose. The situation you end
2: up in, as long as you know how to use the tool, you're probably going to be okay. I would say there's a handful of, like, combinations that just don't make fucking sense. Yeah, sure. Of yes, yeah, okay. Don't <laughs> yeah, carry a reason, Derringer. Right? Ever. ARs under 10 and a half inches, for example. The bullet from an AR does its damage from speed. And above 2,700 feet per second, basically you are dealing with the supersonic effects rather than the sonic effects. Have you ever heard of something called a temporary wound cavity? Yes. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Fucks you up.
2: (laughs) It only matters above a certain speed, though, because your body is made out of mostly water. So when a bullet is moving relatively slow, if it pushes a hole through, it'll make a temporary cavity and then come back together. Above 2,700 feet per second, the water in your body moves so fast that it rips rather than coming back together. So that temporary cavity is the size of the damage. There's a doctor who noted that bullets that connect to tissue at above 2,700 meters per second do way more. And he was the head of the ballistics lab in Miami for the 80s and early 90s.
0: Yeah, so he saw some good ones.
2: Right. And essentially, AR in 5.56 at 10.4 inches, it leaves the barrel at 2,800 meters per second. So, you have about 50 meters of it doing the insane capabilities of what is normally an AR, and then it dips down below that speed. Not great, but if your goal is a hyper-short CQB weapon, fine, whatever. Below that length... The bullet isn't going to do the speeds necessary to do damage. And then everyone's like, well, yeah, but modern hollow points. Hollow point five five six, whether or not it'll actually feed in your gun is like a whole complicated, maybe. (laughs) Ha ha. There's a series of other fuck-ups that come with that. So because of that, people like 556 below a certain barrel length tends to make far less sense. I would also say there are some people who could make it make sense. And one of the things I love about weapons. Is there isn't such a thing as a nonsense weapon as there is a thing that only makes sense in one very specific context or only makes sense in a handful of contexts. But there are meme weapons.
1: There are absolutely meme weapons. Yeah, but they're still going to kill someone dead. The
2: Obrez perfectly shows how meme-like something can be and still be fucking effective. What is this? The Obrez. So Russian partisans during the Russian Revolution didn't have access to handguns. Handguns were were recalled by the czar they had a pile of Russian Mosin that over, yes. built up for World War I that they ended up just withdrawing from instead of participating in. So they had these giant stockpiles of Mosin rifles and no handguns. So their solution was they just took the Mosins and chopped off the stock and chopped off the barrel and made like a handgun.
1: I've seen these.
2: What the ATF would call a handgun.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: exactly.
2: <laughs> Fun fact... For an Obrez to be considered a pistol by the ATF, it has to be imported as an Obrez. If you import it with the stock, its it'll be considered an SBR when you cut the stock off. So isn't it funny that
0: if it's in the country as a rifle, it can never not be a rifle? But if it was a rifle in its homeland, but comes over here as a pistol, it's fine. It's so fucking dumb. I
1: fucking hate bureaucracy.
0: The entirety of the NFA makes no sense and is just designed
2: to imprison people.
0: Well, it yeah. makes perfect sense when you understand that it was designed to imprison people. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the you heard NFA I NFA the other just, day.
2: That the NFA was originally supposed to be a full gun ban and the parts that are left over is the equivalent of an abortion becoming law. Yes. Yeah, they were going to put handguns
0: on the NFA roster. Yes, 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 yes. they
2: were going to ban all firearms. The reason why short-barreled rifle and short-barreled shotgun were put as a ban was because rifles were going to have their own penalty, handguns were going to have their own penalty, and then working around the penalty by shortening a rifle— into a handgun-length device would have its own increased penalty. They got rid of the bans on rifles and handguns, but kept the SBR, SBS stuff, which only makes sense in the context of rifles and handguns being banned in the first place. So it's the equivalent of, like, having an abortion and then keeping it as a baby anyway. Yeah. Oh, my
1: God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, they
2: killed most of why this law was supposed to exist and then left the dregs of it behind, which for the longest time... It was supposed to be symbolic and borderline meaningless, and it didn't actually have that much teeth until the ATF looked at the law and was like, well, you let us rewrite most of our gun law however the fuck we want anyway, so we're just going to interpret this in the exact worst way possible.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's pretty much what I was going (laughs) to say.
0: Fuck the NFA. Fuck the ATF. Yeah, fuck the ATF. Fuck cops.
2: Fuck cops.
1: Well, now that that's out in the open. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, fuck firefighters too. Eat my ass, Andrew. (laughs) Don't
0: threaten me with a good (laughs) time. God, what were we talking about? Kiss
1: the homies goodnight and eat ass.
2: What was the (laughs) narrative thread of this conversation?
1: I don't know. This is usually Um, how the best ones go. We started talking
2: about the NFA. We started talking about… Mosins, because we were talking about the Obrez. Yeah, God, we gotta keep better notes. I'm <laughs> literally
1: taking notes right now. We talked about oh, getting into YouTube as notes. an alternative to bigoted shit, temporary wound cavities and ballistics. I'm taking notes oh, right yeah. now.
2: The cutting it down and the idea that weapons don't inherently stop making sense all the time. They just either become memes and have one very weird time where they make sense. Yeah. Or like, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And I also just wanted to impress
0: upon people that like you don't need to find the one YouTuber who has the absolute most practical stress test, mud test, meat test, ballistic gel. Ideological. It's all an abstract. Right. It's all yeah. an abstract. You know, we're just comparing like to like. We're just trying to get an idea of maybe how a bullet performs as it goes through like a harder surface and then right. into a softer tissue, you know.
2: I think that's also what makes Garantham so sad is some of the content is straight up like, That's useful apples-to-apples comparisons that I wish I could share with people. His mud tests alone, where it's like, are mud tests always perfect? No. But usually you can get some useful information by comparing, like, similar guns in the same mud. And the fact that he has such great content that I wish I could share that shit. I wish I could tell people this is something you should be watching, but unfortunately, the person who watches it hates you... (laughs) So is that why you started making videos
0: is to be like, I want this information out there, but I want it packaged in a way that I know is not going to make somebody like me like feel like shit.
2: It's not just a matter of feeling like shit. I wanted to make it in a form that someone like me would actually watch. And perhaps most importantly, someone who's only like me in the sense that they're queer, who isn't as much of a gun nerd and wouldn't be watching this if they didn't have Nazis doxing them or showing up to their events with long guns and plate carriers.
0: So you're not like starting from a place of like being steeped in like gun popular culture. It's like, here's the information that you need.
2: It's kind of weird because I've always been dabbling in both. I'm a massive fucking nerd when it comes to guns.
1: I love it. Like, yeah, the stats you were just spouting off about the dude from Miami in the 80s. I was like, that's why we have him. Like that's, yeah. Knowledge like that exists that is completely unattainable by someone like me who does not have the time to sit and read. And that's why I love having people like you on who just, that's like a bar fact that you just have on hand and you're like, take it. Enjoy. It's yours now. It's yours. And when when it comes to now.
2: lethal knowledge like that, when it comes to like the knowledge of how guns work and the knowledge of how to fight, there's so many levels of strangeness when it comes to this stuff because you can't get it naturally Without risking your life in a lot of places. A lot of the (laughs) information you will get is either contradictory or just flat fucking wrong. So you're going to have to be spending time listening to shit you don't want to listen to. Talking to people you think are terrible. Trying to grapple with ideas that you would throw up at because you need to look past that to figure out, okay, how am I going to keep people safe?
1: This is why we tell people all the time, get what training is best in your area. If you've got to learn from somebody who you disagree with on a fundamental level, but their training is eons better than the person who you agree with, then you're making out better in the end by getting it from that person and and sitting with whatever bullshit they have to say on the side than getting subpar knowledge passed on to you and developing bad habits from somebody who you like better.
2: I'd also say get as much training as you can because just different perspectives will help if you always train with the same person or the same group, it is really beneficial to find somebody completely outside of your normal wheelhouse and take a class from them. Take a, Try and get an hour of lesson time from them. Handguns, even just focusing on handgun technique, you can find teachers who will teach the exact opposite things and neither of them are wrong. Where, like, you have one teacher who's focused on a... Very CQB focused, have the sights inches from your eyes, everything. Center axis relock. That kind of stuff versus people who are teaching far more traditional A position. I've recently been doing the one handed flashlight technique video. I've been. There are so many different techniques for just that, that like none of them are wrong. They all do different things and like they have different advantages and disadvantages. Even just like where to hold your flashlight. There's the NYPD method of holding it right by your neck, the FBI method of holding it way the fuck out there. And then the surefire method where you put it between these two fingers and like support your hut, your gun and the flashlight all at once. Which let me tell you fucking sucks. It only it's works with the their flashlights.
0: It works with their flashlights. And, and that's it, it. Works a lot better if you use a third party, one of those old right. donguses, little ring donguses. Weirdly,
2: So my current home defense flashlight is actually this weirdo thing, which is so freaking thin that it makes Surefire a lot easier. But, like, you have to get a dedicated flashlight for that. If you don't have that, there's Harry's. There's the FBI technique. There's a lot of other methods of doing that. Just if I'm voting here, I prefer the FBI technique. voting. Well, the idea being that, like... They both have advantages. The NYPD, the light will be most easily redirected because just by having it here, you can put this where your eyes will be much more easily. Whereas having it out here, moving the flashlight and moving your eyes is going to be like a time. There's going to be delay in that. So if you're very quickly checking a space, going from NYPD, and then you think there might be something there, switching to FBI. Regardless, the whole point being, there are people who teach, like, different techniques, and neither of them are wrong. They're just basing it off of, like, the needs of their situation. And sometimes off of, like, a handful of specific
0: situations. Right. like, a totality of all the times anyone's ever used a flashlight, but, like, they were involved in a shooting twice that needed a flashlight, and they were, okay, like, what was different this time from this time? Okay, let me formulate, extrapolate from this. Because, believe it or not, I mean, cops do kill a lot of people, but— It's not so frequent that they have a huge amount of data to pull from for these specific topics.
2: Especially when it comes to something like offhand light, where you will have not only not that big of a body of data, but you will have people who are teaching or practicing it in opposite directions. You still have fucking agencies that think the smart answer is give everyone a fucking revolver. Like it wildly depends on the tactics of you, of your superiors, of your area, of what's legal, of what's acceptable, of the need. Somebody in the fucking bayou has additional concern about moisture in the air that I'm never going to have. I was just shitting on revolvers for a second there when like, yeah, no, if humidity is your concern, the fact that a revolver will immediately advance to the next round means your error correction is much faster. And that's something that's like not a weird thought for you. Humidity fucking ruins gunpowder, which shouldn't be that surprising. But considering if the gun doesn't go back, the single loudest noise on the planet is pulling the trigger and the gun going click instead of bang. (laughs) So like the idea of a revolver making sense in that situation entirely because you don't have to switch into error correction, you just pull the trigger again. Okay, that makes some sense, but it only makes sense in that limited context. That kind of knowledge isn't commonly shared, and it's really easy for it to become misinformation that gets spread through a community. People thinking revolvers are, oh, well, it's just simple because you have to just pull the trigger again. No, there's complex timing in there that you have to really finally care about or it's not, it's going to be a bad time for you. Or like the caliber wars we were talking about earlier. The idea that like you need 45 or like 40 is the least caliber you can carry, or the one that affects me because I carry 380 fairly regularly and the number of people I've talked to have been like, that's not enough. That's nowhere near enough. <laughs> okay, let me shoot you with it. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> so on the one hand, yeah. It's going to be fine, right? you going to be fine. <laughs> I think people should learn as much as they can. They should study as much as they can. They should get as much accurate info about what things actually do from as many different sources as they can. And that's a lot harder when some of the content fucking hates you. So bring it kind of full back around to the question you were asking. That's why I'm making this because I want to be able to have people who are frankly like NSC 131 is literally Nazis. They are the nationalist social club. They are not making it like hidden in any way, shape or form. They are Nazis. They are coming out of the woodwork with armor and long guns to our events. We need to be ready for this shit. It's going to get worse from here. And I can't share a lot of the information that I can look at and be like, okay, you're a hateful fuck. I can get that useful bit of information out of it and then move on and just like get it contextually. I can't share that. I have to like repackage it in order to be able to get it to my community. Yeah, for sure. That
0: makes a lot of sense.
1: So I wanted to touch on that actually, because the consensus that I've gotten coming into starting A Better Way to a years ago, having it be my first interaction with the LGBTQ community at all in the context of firearms, other than me just talking with my friends about this kind of stuff, but intentionally mixing the two. I immediately noticed that the reason people wanted to get armed was because it was in response to violence against them and against the community. Clearly, you're saying here, obviously, you've got national socialists coming out and we've seen like we've seen pictures of them in DC, in Boston, I think most recently, or at least most publicized recently. They they had a big sign that said keep Boston white or keep Boston Irish or something like that. And I see overwhelmingly the majority of queer folk getting into guns doing so in response to things like that. Yeah, I found it super interesting after the Nashville school shooting where Audrey Hale, the shooter, went into the school and shot kids, Fox News picked up on this. And I remember laughing out loud, thinking like, these people think that they've got the ball on this. They think they're so right. And it could not be any more wrong. They used a clip of you talking about how these people are dangerous. I think the what you said was these people are dangerous, and we have to be dangerous back.
2: Yeah, Tucker Carlson did an entire segment on Rainbow Reload like a week before Audrey Hale, so the timing was just exactly fucking terrible. We ended up getting hacked as a result of all that. Pressure. Really? That was yeah. Our Discord got compromised. We had to shift to oh, no. how we organized. Yeah, that was that was a fucking time.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure. But it blows my mind how disconnected some of these people are with the, like we were saying, the needs of the queer community and really the things that have been affecting y'all for much longer than they've been aware of. The one high-profile mass shooting that was committed by a trans person, all the shit that's been going on, you guys getting armed, getting guns, getting involved with shooting, shirts that say, armed gays bash back, or the trans day of vengeance, which has been a thing for years. And all this stuff they're now using as almost like a gotcha to say, like, look, see, these people are violent.
0: Like, if you hadn't been saying that stuff, this one shooter wouldn't have done what they did.
1: Exactly. Which, like,
0: like, okay, so, like, being generous, first of all, on the face of it, I'm going to preface this by saying that's bullshit, but if we're being generous and say that is true, that, like, maybe all of this rhetoric did lead this one person to do one mass shooting, right? Okay, so... If that's your problem, then what about all the white cis dudes saying violent shit and all the white cis dudes doing mass shootings? Like, do you have a
2: problem with that? Are you going to change that culture? The fact that there have been huge, very specific attacks against entire communities where they have openly said, we're attacking because we believe in a Christian nation or because we believe in a one white nation or repeating a lot of these hateful fucking talking points. They want to turn around and say, oh, I can just casually drop the 14 words and just, you know, that's fine. But if you talk about defending yourself, that's a problem. I don't think anybody is that cognitively dissident. Yeah, that's got to be on purpose. Yeah, that is bad faith. That is somebody openly manipulating how they view the universe and how they want you to be thinking.
1: Absolutely. And it's people like, I unfortunately have people close to me in different circles who I hear about this kind of stuff or avid Fox News listeners. And I remember that happening and automatically just parroting the talking points. This is the biggest piece of irony that I found is that by and large, conservative gun people after a mass shooting say, it's not a gun problem, it's a mental health problem to shove kind of the responsibility off of the gun and onto the individual and did not do the same thing. When it was a trans person, even though clearly like the only thing that was different was this person was trans. Yeah. But you could just as easily say this is a mental health problem. That person was fucked up. Clearly, you have to be to go into a school and shoot kids. But no, no, that's representative of an entire community. Yet the straight white cis dudes are not.
2: Especially when you have accounts that scream about how bad red flag laws are. But don't get me wrong, I actually agree. I think that if you have red flag laws that can disarm people, well, they kind of immediately prove why red flag laws would be so fucking bad by the second either Audrey Hale happens or even just trans people having any sort of mental health struggle anywhere. The number of times where that will be phrased as, why do we let these people have guns? Why is this not disqualifying from you being able to access your Second Amendment rights? Buddy, you were just talking about how bad red flag laws are. Why do you think they're good if you make them pink and blue? That's conservatism, though. It's a mind virus. I always keep coming back to this quote from
0: this blog. that's like, conservatism consists of exactly two prospects. There must be in groups who are protected by the law, but not bound by it. There must be out groups that are bound by the law, but not protected by it. Yeah. and I just see that all the time in this conservative rhetoric. And, you know, I have my problems with leftist rhetoric, too. But I feel like this stuff is a lot more dangerous, this idea of taking these hard stance for liberty and rights for me and people that look like me and people that behave like me than saying, no, there's no legal protection, actually, if you behave in a way that I don't like.
1: That goes against a societal norm.
0: Vigilante mobs are fine and genocide is fine as long as it's you guys.
2: It's the same people who will talk about Biden who prefers a gun ban and talk about his security and be like, rules for thee and not for me, and then immediately turn around and be like, libertarianism, because I want the freedom to be the authoritarian. This is a funny little tangent. I've seen you sparring with LPNH
0: on Twitter recently. Oh, God, I need to stop.
1: You must be a glutton for punishment.
0: Seriously, I do not know why. It's good. All the pushback that anybody can give them, they deserve. I just wish they were better. They're not. They're never going to be. Jeremy Kaufman's a piece of shit, and you can quote me on that. I don't know if you know this. I've said this in a number of different places, but I'm mostly libertarian, but have kind of like disassociated with the Libertarian Party. And a large part of it was the early days of Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. That's what LPNH is for people listening that are maybe not up to speed on some of the ugliest libertarian drama.
1: They literally quoted the 14 words.
2: Yeah. I feel about libertarianism at this point, the way that Gandhi felt about Christianity. Yeah, yeah. Christianity is fine. The fans are terrible.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's been this thing. It's been coming for a long time. They're getting a lot of coverage now, which was always their goal. From the very beginning, LPNH and Jeremy Kaufman talked about bold messaging and this new strategy. They're like, we're not racist. We're just saying possibly vaguely racist stuff to get attention. And then once we have attention, then we sort out the people that we want from the people that we don't want, blah, 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 blah. It's all horse shit. They just like saying edgy stuff.
2: Especially like you're getting attention with the fucking 14 words. Oh, yeah. What people do you think will respond to that? And what groups do you think are going to distance themselves from you as a result of this?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not people that value liberty for everyone. That's for sure.
2: Apparently. They know what they're doing. And they're going to lie about
0: it. They're going to be dishonest about it because the people in charge are dishonest people. But they basically from LPNH sprung this like new movement in the Libertarian Party that took over during
2: COVID. Mises Caucus. Yeah.
0: As bad as you guys think that Libertarians were before, anybody who's still like very publicly supportive of the Libertarian Party, it's way worse now.
2: Yeah. Unfortunately, they have made accepting and preferring hate a requirement and like a thing that has, I will say at bare minimum, Libertarian Party of Louisiana. Yeah, they're based.
1: Also, the classical liberal caucus. But this is the funny thing is we're literally just talking about different Twitter accounts and they can't even get their shit together between the two of them. Right?
0: But that's what it's come down to. That's always
1: been the fault of like libertarians in general is you've got the joke. The joke is you've got somebody who's like, yeah, no, I think rights for everybody, individual rights for everybody. And then you got the one who's like, I think we should fuck kids.
2: Right. That's that's going to
1: get taken out of context. Jesus fucking Christ.
2: (laughs) 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 Delete, delete. That clip is going to haunt you.
1: Oh, God.
2: I was told straight up by an LPNH canvasser, they weren't trying to get the LPNH into office. They just wanted to spoil and make the state red. Yeah. And that's the
0: goal of the LP National now too, even though they deny it. You can see that they literally like signed an agreement with the GOP in Colorado that they weren't going to run a candidate and they got in big trouble for that. But that's how it's going. They got PR trouble. Did they get any actual trouble? Donors are leaving. That's the big problem with LP National right now. Yeah, but
1: where are they going?
0: If I could just get this on the record, LP National is fucking tanking. Angela McArdle fucking sucks. She ruined the party. Mises Kakis ruined the party. All the donors are leaving. They don't have any money, but they're super proud of all the
2: Twitter engagement they're getting. I mean, the Twitter engagement they're getting is fucking Adam Waffin assholes in their mom's basement. I don't understand why they think this is a good...
0: Yeah, but the numbers, dude. The <laughs> numbers, numbers go up. line goes up. Yeah. And that's all they'll talk about. They'll be like, "We're getting great engagement. We're getting great media coverage." And then you ask them about the donors, and they're like, "Well, we've got cash reserves. Never mind that we're selling our headquarters because we can't meet the budget." Right. So, anyways, all that to say, I'm super jazzed to see you taking on LPNH on X.
1: On X, you better call it by the right name. I'm so sorry.
2: Unfortunately, like, LPNH is one of the few where you can point to actual laws they've been pushing that are, like, not libertarian at all. Like, fuck the policy generalization stuff. Fuck the edgelord flexing that tons of the conservative accounts do. LPNH, you can point to specific laws that they've tried to pass that are like, oh, wow, you just hate queer people. Okay. Yeah. No, they hate groomers, dude. Every time I hear groomer. (laughs) I know. I know.
1: Dude, everybody hates groomers except for groomers. That should go without saying. It's just the conflation of the people are intentionally doing, people like Tucker Carlson are intentionally doing to make people associate two different groups of people.
2: Yeah, they're like, we don't hate gay people, we just hate groomers. Anytime you hear the word groomer, just replace it in your head with jugendefeber because, again, it is not an attempt.
1: It's like assault rifle. It's meant to invoke an emotion.
2: It's literally Nazi propaganda. It is literally the Hirschfeld Institute got burned in the 30s because people believed this.
1: What was the Hertzfeld Institute?
2: Oh, the Hertzfeld Institute. This is something that is definitely worth knowing. Sorry,
1: I don't read books. <laughs>
2: he can't. It's not These his fault. These famous I pictures can. of Nazis burning books where they're like all standing out in the courtyard. That's the Hertzfeld Sexual Institute, a trans medical institute from the 1930s. The Jugendverwehrberg thing I keep talking about is the Nazis in the 20s and 30s kept repeating that queers were seducing and corrupting our youth. That was part of the way that they were able to get to power. They were able to convince people, you have to give us power because these Jews are coming in with these queers and they're doing all of these terrible things. That's why your country is falling apart. They are corrupting your youth. They are seducing your women. They are ruining your society. The groomer myth is straight up a repeat of Nazi propaganda that queer people, by existing, are grooming the next generation. Their argument is, well, that's how queer people come about, because their argument is queer people don't exist naturally.
1: Yeah, the first one was created through divine intervention, because you need one to make one, apparently.
2: The first one is what happened when someone divided by zero on a calculator. We
1: don't talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, you got a queer person.
2: It's been
0: pointed out to me that there's some queer academic writing that touches on like, you know, okay, can children be sexual? I learned recently minor attracted person came from like a queer academic paper, or book or something. Uh, It doesn't matter, even if that's true. Even if that's true.
1: Because people can write things and be shitty people and not be representative of an entire group.
0: That's not even the point that I'm getting at. It's like, okay, ask a conservative where they think minor attracted person came from. They're not going to tell you because they don't know. Ask a queer person, do you think that kids being sexualized is okay? They're going to tell you, no, it's not. Because these are like regular people. All of this shit is like so far removed from society, from like the real world of like how people are living their lives. Right. It's all constructed. It's all like propaganda. Whatever grain of reality was there in the beginning, if there ever was, is so small of a part of it that of course... Nobody in their right mind should think a medical facility that helps trans people is like a child indoctrination center. But that is what people believed
2: back then when they burned it. It's not just like a casual, oh, they believed it back then. That was an active lie that was pushed on people. Right. And it's coming back up in the same way. And people aren't aware of the history. And unfortunately... History doesn't repeat, but it does echo. And we're hearing essentially the same building blocks being repeated over here.
1: You've got this thing where the reason conspiracy theories are so popular and gain so much traction is because they're based on a sliver of truth. And as long as you have that one sliver of truth, that's your trump card to say that you're right and that any type of evidence that somebody can point against you or any type of no true Scotsman argument that they could point against you is wrong because you have that. So because a queer person wrote a book that talked about the sexualization of children, that means all queer people... Like one time. Yes, exactly. See, it's true. And if it's that one, then why can't it be all of them? And that's how the snowball builds. And that's how you get these people that spout these bullshit statistics on Instagram trying to like own people.
0: Ignoring that the institutional abuse of children, the actual ritualistic, cultural abuse of children, normalized abuse of children is not from queer institutions. It's from conservative religious institutions.
2: It's one of those things that they don't sell insurance for queer groups assaulting children. That's not a thing that insurance regularly covers. There is specific insurance for a church oh, that God. will cover a priest assaulting a child.
0: Oh, God. Because oh, it's, it's so such a consistent
2: that. problem that insurance companies oh, it's whose sole driving no. force is what will make them money, have determined there is such a risk of that commonly happening there that they insure specifically for if your pastor rapes a child. Oh God, I hate it. Jesus fucking Christ. These are the people who want to claim moral authority as to whether or not queer people by existing rape children. And they do it because the idea that they can shame people For who they are is the entire source of their power. Yeah, correct. Every single piece of how does somebody maintain religious control is by saying, I am the source of who is right and wrong, and I have decided this is the right way, and this is the wrong way, and I will tell you the difference. Unfortunately, if you want to be able to say the right way is families, the right way is you make... Children, the right way is following God's law and having as many of kids for our religion as you can. It often means telling people, but I don't love them. Doesn't matter. You're just following God's will. Well, I'm not attracted to them. It doesn't matter. You're just following God's will. They have to break humans in order to turn them into something they can manipulate in order to have a source of power. That's the entire reason why religion is frequently anti-queer. I'm sorry to go off on a rant there. No, no, no. (laughs) Rant. This show is like 90% tangent.
1: Hey there, everybody. We hope you're enjoying the episode. If you do like what we're about and want to support us, our Patreon is a fantastic way to do so. It allows us to improve the podcast in many ways and helps fund our alcoholic coffee beverage stash to assist on those late night recording sessions. Now, you may be thinking, this podcast has me absolutely smitten and I would love nothing more than to throw money at you, but what's in it for me? Well, I'm glad you asked. When you become a patron, you automatically get access to an exclusive collection of clips from the podcast, not heard anywhere else. On top of that, we have a wide range of tiers available that will get you merch, discount codes, and even free gear delivered to you monthly. For any patrons currently listening to this, we are super thankful for your support and for keeping the dream alive that one day I will be able to meet Andrew and make sweet, sweet podcast magic with him in person. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash way a In the episode notes for the podcast or on the link in our Instagram bio. All right, now, that's all for that. Back to the show.
0: What started this journey, though?
1: I was literally just thinking like, man, this episode just went off.
0: (laughs) It really touched (laughs) up. God
1: damn. There were rails somewhere. Here's the funny thing that I would like to tie this back to, is that we exist in this microcosm in the gun community, where we just are trying to get people who need protection, able to protect themselves. We're trying to encourage gun ownership in a community that wants to be gun owners. And somehow while doing that, while by and large kind of just existing on our own, I'm not saying on my own, like I'm representative of queer community, but existing like in this space where we're trying to encourage that, a popular page on Instagram who Andrew and I are friends with, we've had him on the podcast before, has like, I don't know, 50, 60,000 followers or something like that. Somebody in an ask me, ask questions on Instagram, noticed that they liked some of our posts and commented on some of our posts. So automatically...
0: Let me pull it up and read it. So it's firing device electrical n 57
1: Super cool, dude.
0: Super cool, dude. The guy asked him, I see that you follow and like the posts of a certain, a better way to A. Why support
1: leftists who hate you? My point with this, where I'm going with this... <laughs> Why I bring that up is that somehow because of this power struggle, this constant need to be on top, you have this group of people who is new to the gun community, relatively new to the gun community in the numbers that we see now, because queer folk have always owned guns, just not in the numbers that we see now. Because of that and because of this upset to the status quo, we've never said that we hate any group of people, maybe Nazis. But even then, I've gone out of my way to say, no, well, they deserve the same rights that we have because you can't take away rights for somebody that you disagree with because of the precedent it sets. But Yeah, exactly. I've never said that. The page has never said that. I've never commented that we hate anybody. But because it's so impossible for these people to just leave other people who aren't like them the fuck alone and let them learn how to defend themselves, they have to twist it into... They hate us and they want us dead. And as soon as they get guns, they're going to change everything anyway. And they're going to take our guns away from us anyway. They hate us because they ain't us.
2: Being as charitable as I can, some of that is unfortunate in the sense that at least some of that is you have somebody, if they're saying that, they are definitively listening to politics way too much because I think part of the problem is we have Two kind of openly lying parties that are different sides of the same coin in this country. And you end up where one side says, those faggots are disgusting. They're grooming your children by existing. Those trannies are a contagion. Also, you have a right to defend yourself and you should be allowed to keep your guns. And then you have the other side of that coin saying, you are a human. That is so fucking terrible that they're saying that. I connect with you. I understand what you're going through. Also, you don't need guns. We'll work through this together.
1: (laughs)
0: Solidarity. Right. Yes, we're in this together. Never
2: mind that I'm a suburban
1: cis white woman. Or have armed protection.
2: We're used to fighting to change shit. We're used to laws that ban our existence, that we coordinate and change that. And we're used to needing to change the law to match where we are. And you have a lot of people, you have one side telling them you are fucking evil and amoral and here's your shotgun. And the other side saying you are decent and human. We'll help you get some rights if you help us.
1: Trust the state.
2: Right. Trust the party, really. Because of that, you have a lot of both queer activists who openly talk about not wanting guns in their space and also you frequently have the same people who are one day arguing against a bill saying all queer people should be rounded up and thrown on an Island or whatever. And the next day arguing that we should take away people's guns. Yeah. And as somebody who is watching that at home and is maybe not that literate, I can understand why, no, I have guns to protect myself. You're fucking lying. What else are you lying about? If you don't know the queer community, but you do do have firearms you protect yourself and your friends and your loved ones the idea that somebody who is advocating against guns and pro for the queer community the association it's almost like purposefully evil in the way that it's trying to get a lot of queer people to work against their own self-interest and low-key push this idea both through our community and through other communities at large the idea that queer folk generally are unarmed and that queer folk generally are pro-disarming people and that queer folk are pro-gun control.
0: The new one that's really sinister because of the proliferation of guns in the queer community is temporary gun owners. Yes. That was one that got whipped
1: out. I fucking, oh God, I was hearing it from
0: everybody, from all the fucking randos. Temporary gun owners. As soon as they're safe, as soon as they feel safe, which is an admission in and of itself, as soon as they
1: feel safe, they're going to come after you. And then what, give up their guns after that and not have any power? I think what they're trying to say is they are pro-guns
2: and pro the organizations that come and take them, which is also refusing to accept that there might be more than the two sides. Somebody agreeing with the pro-queer stance of a politician doesn't mean you're agreeing with their gun control stance. Right. You agreeing that you count as a human doesn't mean you're voting to have your rights restricted, even though you might be voting for the person who is pro-gun control.
1: Well, and that's almost like, I truly feel like we have engineered our political system to remain a two-party system in order to...
2: Oh, it's purposefully broken. You're right about Yeah, that. Yeah,
1: make it so that you don't have nuanced candidates anymore because you have people, I feel like we have a punch card every time I say no true Scotsman here. You say, well, that person's a temporary gun owner because they're voting against their gun rights. And completely not taking into account the fact that that person is a human being and might not have the privilege of being a single-issue voter on the topic of gun rights. Like, I think about that. I'm a straight white cis dude, and I have the benefit of, if I chose to be, being a single-issue voter on gun rights. I could vote conservative, and really nothing they could do, unless they wanted to come after Jews, in which case, good luck. Nothing that they do would affect me personally. And to think that, like, everybody has the privilege of just saying, well, I like guns, so I'm going to vote conservative because they're the pro-gun party, is crazy. But I also think that that's why we don't have something like ranked-choice voting in where you can vote for people who have different views than that and actually have a chance of winning.
2: The two-party system will only be maintained when they can be presented as the only two reasonable choices, which only works if you can split society into people who see the entire world through that one issue.
1: Which is funny because they're getting weirder and weirder.
0: If I'm being charitable, I don't think that it was meant to be that way from the very beginning. No, no. It actually... I know founding fathers is a bit of a dirty word, but some of the founding fathers warned that this is
2: something that can happen if you guys don't change with the times. George Washington flat out said, do not allow the country to fall into a two-party system. And he was talking
0: about first-past-the-post, winner-take-all voting when he said that. And the problem is that, you know, our country's voting system was designed, our country's voting and court system was designed at a time where you had to, like, ride on horseback for, like, a week across the country to get somewhere to go talk to another governmental body. It's like circuit court. You know the term circuit court? That's because judges got on horses and ran circuits around their
2: jurisdiction. You'll have, like, Ninth Circuit, Eighth
1: Circuit. Oh, the Ninth Circuit. I see.
2: Yeah, yeah. Those circuits were actual horse tracks. They were like circuits that judges would go from area to area around because that was the area they covered. That was their circuit. And voting
0: for president, any kind of voting, really, but we're talking specifically about like federal general election voting. The systems for casting and counting votes were designed at a time when you had to wait for big bags of ballots to be carried manually from one place to a central place to be counted. And people had to write down their count and be like, okay, now real quick, ride right on horseback over to the Capitol. And then they had other people that were like adding up the little tallies from all over the place. And so it made sense to fudge it a little bit, to be like, you know, we can't individually count every single vote in this country. So that's where the whole like electors and the electoral college and all that came from, because it didn't make sense to do it the way that we might do it if we were designing it today. Yeah. But the problem is it wasn't malicious by design right off the bat, but there is a certain maliciousness in not revisiting that and redesigning the system as we go along.
1: Acknowledging that things are a little different.
0: Right, because these two parties have risen to dominance in this system and they both have a vested interest in not allowing a reform that might
2: chisel away at their power. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. If they're not openly working with each other, I would be shocked. The back-channeling, I guarantee you, is a thing. It's too coordinated to not be. The issues that they decide to push as divisive drives.
1: Yeah, I feel you.
2: I try and avoid politics on the channel sometimes, but when your existence is a thing that gets voted on, you don't really get to 100% avoid politics.
1: We said the same thing when I started out this page. I really wanted to keep the page apolitical, but it's literally impossible. Just to not alienate people, but it's just, you just can't do that. Guns are inherently political, and everything that we stand for is also. And like the
2: LPNH stuff we were just talking about, I'd love to sit here and say nothing. I'd love to just be like, oh, wow, they're being shitheads, heavy sigh, whatever, move on. They're repeating Nazi talking points in an era when, like, we're facing fucking genocide, and they're talking about secession.
1: (laughs) You're not even just being funny or facetious or something like that. right. When we say they said the 14 words, they quoted the 14 words verbatim. We're not just making a joke.
0: No, no, but let's remember too, they're not just saying things. They had a goal and they accomplished it. And they did a very good job of it. And they're still doing that. Yeah, and they're still doing it. They're working to make it permanent. They wanted to destroy the Libertarian Party. They wanted to make the Libertarian Party a bunch of meme accounts that would never put forth a serious candidate ever again to threaten the growing power of the GOP. Their plan is
2: worse than that. That's just like part of it. The move to New Hampshire thing. They are slowly but surely trying to get New Hampshire to withdraw from the 50 states.
0: Oh, yeah. Free state project. And that's another thing. That's another libertarian disaster story. Free state project started ostensibly as a, like, there's a bunch of us libertarians around the country. We aren't getting a lot done scattered around in our various different jurisdictions. Maybe we could accomplish something if we get a bunch of libertarians in one place, elect libertarians to local government, and then work up from there. That was the original idea of the free state project. But like many libertarian projects, eventually it got co-opted by alt-right edgelords.
1: Finn, I'm laughing because we have questions on our sheet right now that we have not gotten to. But I think it says something as to how much fun we've had talking to you and how natural this conversation has felt. In the essence of respecting your time, we've got a list of people that we want to have back a second time. I feel like we're going to have to have you back.
2: We need a sequel, man. I would be very down for a sequel. Sick. We'll totally do a part two.
1: And not like History of the World part one. Like, we'll actually do it.
2: There is a part two coming. That's what they've been saying for years. No, I saw a fucking no, yeah, trailer. They've been Iron saying Point's that for years. Rebooted. Mel Brooks' no, 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 final no. movie. 2023. It is out now. I just Googled it. No, no it's
1: no. not out now.
2: I am not even joking. Don't lie to me. Don't you do that. Don't you get my I up. just Googled it. It is on Hulu. It is Hold eight on. episodes.
1: Hold on.
2: Nick Kroll is the narrator this time. History of the World Part 2 is an American sketch comedy series written and produced by Mel Brooks. Fuck off. There is a part it's two. It's real. It's real. What? Yeah, I saw the trailer earlier this year.
1: Mel Brooks is in it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote he it. He plays Orson Welles.
1: Oh, my God. All right, we're ending right now. I'm going to go fucking watch <laughs> this.
2: <laughs> Perfect ending. Hey, we're calling for a part two. There's a Jesus. part two.
1: All right, we have to end this with a piece of life advice that you need to give our listeners. It's tradition. We're all about traditions, Christian values on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Not to knock, we were actually talking about this before. We were saying we don't knock traditional Christian values, just people who use those values against other people. Have your happy family with your wife and your husband and white people and whatnot, but don't try to stop other people from doing what they want to do.
2: If I had to give a single piece of advice, When I was in college, I was told this in the context, the difference between an artist and a designer, and it ended up being something that I carried with me. An artist is somebody who cares about every piece of work they've ever made. The most important thing a designer can do is light their work on fire and start over. I think we should all aspire to have some elements of art in our life. I think we should all try and create beautiful things. But at the same time, a lot of the times when you're talking about designing something from scratch, making something new, making something important, The foundation will determine far more than how well you build the things on top of the foundation. So if you see something that needs a change there, doing that early, starting over and building up and remembering that the work that you did before isn't wasted work. That was practice to get you to where you are now. That is part of life. The restart is life.
1: That's wholesome as fuck. That's not the word I was looking for, but that's the word I'm going for.
0: Some people need a full personality reset out here on the internet.
1: Yeah, for sure. Finn, I keep wanting to call you Quinn because I'm looking at your name on here. I know it's Finn, but I see the Q-U and that would just not go the way that
0: it should. Did that sound funny in your head? So many things sound funny (laughs) in my head and then I say
1: it. My wife points that out to me. She's like, she says that sometimes I seem like I'm performing and it's just an anxiety response. And I don't feel anxious right now. I feel actually like we're having a good time and I'm not anxious, but sometimes when I'm in a group, I realize I'm being louder than everyone. And I realize I'm trying talking
0: a little faster.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, good stuff. Anyway, I thought
2: this was fantastic. This this was a lot of
1: fun. We will definitely do this again. Can't thank you enough for coming on. This is super dope. It'll come out in a few weeks.
2: Yeah, this was fucking awesome. I would absolutely do this again. Thank you so much for having us.
1: And if you ever get a chance, we're trying to make more appearances at these events around the country. We would love to get together and do stuff.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. We'll have to meet up by or else. Sometime. That's
1: what I was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be down for that meet too. Up at some point. Thank you again for coming on, and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day.
2: Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for having this channel. I think it's really important. Well, geez, that means a lot, man. It really does. We appreciate it. Peace.
0: we